Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special Locked On Canadians Extra. We have a lot in store for you today. We're going to get to some more mailbag questions, and we're going to talk about how I almost died in a maelstrom of six and a half feet of snow because I am, in fact, an idiot, and all that and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Canadians Extra. This is a very special bonus episode for y'all this week. It is obviously American Thanksgiving. We are recording this earlier in the week, but we wanted to stockpile some episodes for, so those of you who might be traveling and want to take a listen, or those who just cannot get enough of our dulcet tones can have more of us in your life. As always, thank you for subscribing wherever you get your podcast, and thank you if you are watching this on YouTube. Make sure you ring the bell so you know whenever we post new videos, I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, did we want to start with story time or extra mailbag questions today? Let's do let's do a mailbag question and then get into story time. How about that? Let's do that. What do we have? Oh, before I even get any further into this, if you want to send us mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com, in the YouTube comments, just don't be a jerk. Pretty simple concept. I think you can all do that. I believe in you like no one else has ever believed in you before. Laura, what do we have in the mailbag uh, before we get into my story time today? So just as a thing, this is like bonus mailbag questions. We actually have two bonus episodes because we got so many mailbag questions and we love you. Um, So this is one of our bonus mailbag questions from our friend Rick B, uh, who's always standing up for us. And we, we really, really appreciate you. Laura is the new owner of the Houston Wranglers expansion hockey team in the NHL. Scott is the new general manager. So I am Scott's boss in this scenario. How is that any different from this podcast? Well, we technically have share a boss for this podcast. Um, Look, everyone knows you're the one keeping this show afloat. Let's be entirely honest. Listen, for the entirety of the month of October and November, I think you were the one keeping the show afloat. I just want to say... Uh, all right, the Houston Wranglers paid $900 million expansion fee. I love that I have this much money in this scenario. Thank you, Rick. Um, and what Laura wants, she gets. That's actually not too far from the truth. Um, she insists on signing Jonathan Drouin for the 2023-2024 season. Scott has an argument with Laura that he will only sign Jonathan Drouin to a contract for what he's worth. Based on his NHL body of work, Scott offers what money as indicative of what he is worth. Go Wranglers. Thank you for being our very first fan. I I look at this and I go, he's not getting five and a half million dollars. And I don't think he's as bad as people like he's only going to get a PTO, uh, you know, like league men. I would offer two years. Two and a half per. Because one, you have to hit the cap floor, which is likely going up with the cap ceiling rising. 
And Jonathan Drouin is someone that I still think has a lot of talent and is could be one of those guys who could surprise in a new environment. And I do think whenever the Canadians end up trading him, he will do just that. It's not too much money. It's not too much term. It's nice to get the team off the ground and likely into a lottery pick in that first year. And I think that would be what he wouldn't be the marquee signing. I think he would be a really nice additional piece to that franchise. Okay. What if our biggest rival, let's say the Vegas golden, I mean, I mean, Nashville geographic, the Vegas golden Knights, Laura, or Dallas. Laura. Or I was going to say, what is the other team that is in Texas? <laughs> Dallas, right? I, I, for whatever reason, nobody yell at me, okay? You all know I'm bad at geography. Like, if you've listened to this podcast since the first season, you know I'm very bad at geography. Um, right. Okay. Anyway, Dallas or the Vegas Golden Knights uh, decide to offer Jonathan Drouin $3 million, and he says that he'll stay if you match it. Would you do it? No. All right. Well, you're fired I, as you, We're not getting, we're not, <laughs> wow. Okay. I was going to say, we're not getting in Listen. a bidding war for Jonathan Drouin in the year of our Lord 2023. We're not doing that. Rick B well, says what Laura wants, she gets. <laughs> what do you do then? You offer sheet one of their players. Well, yeah, exactly. Like we just go, you don't have any money. Whatever. Fine. We're going to take this from you. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm not, I, unfortunately, as much as I'd like Drouin, two and a half. Maybe 2.75 might be the highest I'm willing to go on that as of this exact moment. So Right. So this is his NHL body of work thus far. I think that's actually fair. I'm just saying, you know, in Rick B's scenario, I really want Jonathan Drouin. Um, Okay. Scott, I think it's story time. All right. So, because I'm going to have to tell the story at Thanksgiving as well. So for those of you who know... I live in Buffalo, New York, specifically in downtown Buffalo, New York. The last week has been there is an insane storm coming. And I've heard this so many times in my life, lake effect and snow and travel will be difficult. I've driven in bad snowstorms before, gotten to work just fine. Hunkered down on Thursday after work, which was insane. I had to have Laura host the podcast in my stead Wednesday night as I prepared running around to get batteries and all this other stuff, dog food, everything else that we could have needed uh, for this snowstorm. And I get home Thursday night, Laura and I record the podcast. Nothing's really happening. And then as, as it finishes, I'm looking outside and the snow is falling and it is falling fast. It is falling heavy. And I go, I am waking up tomorrow and I'm having an adult snow day, the best kind of day ever. Cause I don't have to go to work and I can sit in my pajamas and play video games all day and also fold laundry because I'm a dutiful boyfriend in this apartment. I wake up, there's about six and a half inches of snow outside. My street is clear. There is no reason why I should not go to work. Yes. You meant you forgot to mention something. What did I forget to mention? The travel ban. So I I was getting to that. (laughs) So I leave my neighborhood and in Buffalo, there's a street called Delaware Avenue that runs straight to the Buffalo Skyway, which heads to the Southtown South Buffalo Orchard Park where the Bills play. That is my way to work. The Skyway is closed, which makes sense. They had closed it the night before because of inclement weather. I get on I-190 South, which is a little bit more roundabout way to get there. As I get on, I go, this isn't so bad. And then I come around a corner and I just see a wall of snow, quite literally a wall, like you're a waterfall. And as I pass through that, 
you could not tell that it was eight that it was 7:45 in the morning. It was nearly pitch black. I could barely see the sign that said travel ban in effect. Unfortunately, because of my job, I am considered an essential employee. Thus, travel bans generally have an asterisk with that. When I could not see the sign that was about maybe 30 yards away, I probably should have just turned around and gone home. The issue is I continued to drive all the way to the store I work at in the South Towns, nearly getting stuck in one intersection where a state trooper told me, floor it through, you'll be fine, got stuck outside the parking lot of my job, was pushed out of said parking lot by my few coworkers who had made it to the store, made it about 100 yards up the road before I caught a rut of ice and snow, got stuck in a snowbank, and was there for four hours while I waited for either police help in getting my car unstuck or a kind passerby. Neither Were the of- police any help? No. And I'm not turning this into a political thing, but I was quite literally told by a member of the local PD, I can't really help you. Your, your best bet is to flag someone down and have them tow you out. When all I asked was, can you give me a ride somewhere? Uh, I was lucky enough that one of my vendors who works for one of the local distributors lives nearby. And for what it's worth, the South Towns got two feet of snow the night before. The North Towns where I live did not. It is currently, while I'm sitting in my car, it is hailing. There is thunder snow, which is one of the most terrifying things. Imagine a thunderstorm, but it is snowing the entire time. It was horrifying. We eventually got my car shoveled out into a parking lot of them and plowed because there was a dialysis clinic there. So they had to have that cleared because the National Guard was coming in to help assist people who needed to get to their dialysis treatments, which is great. My car was safely parked there. And we trudged in waste and then chest-high snow to his house where I stayed for 36 hours. We eventually managed to shovel a path out of my driveway. And once they had finally cleared the main pathway back to the throughway at about 8 o'clock on Saturday night, I basically made a cannonball run, violating the travel ban. Admittedly, I did break the law in that circumstance to get home. And as I was driving back into the city... On my left-hand side, coming down 190 north, is I can see the wall of snow that was coming back from the Niagara Falls portion of uh, Niagara County back down over the north towns into the south towns of Buffalo. It was one of the most terrifying and awe-inspiring things I've ever seen in my entire life. Had I not nearly died on the side of the road, I would probably look back on this a little bit more fondly. But the lesson I've learned out of all of this is... I shouldn't have gone to work. Quite frankly, trying to be a good employee does not always pay off. Uh, I do have to say thank you to all the local, you know, Department of Public Works and everything. When I woke up Saturday morning and my friend and I walked down McKinley Parkway in Buffalo, all those scenes in horror movies, like after the apocalypse where there's just trucks and stuff everywhere, it looked like that, but with snow. If you can see the drone footage from local news channels and everything, I highly recommend you go watch it. Watch the six-minute videos on how the Bills got out of Buffalo with help from neighbors. It was It's truly an incredible thing. And honestly, I'm very grateful that I was able to find somewhere safe to shelter down. Or uh, Laura would have to find a new co-host at that point. It was very scary. I'm very, very grateful to be where I am. 
and very, very grateful for good people who, you know, helped out when they could there. Um, and I've learned very much to not go to work when there's six and a half feet of snow outside. So uh, that is my story time. We do have more mailbag questions coming up in our next segment. But first, today's special bonus episode is brought to you by the folks at Athletic Greens. They are the best way to start your morning, especially in the winter, because they are full of superfoods, probiotics, everything you need, and vitamin D. There's not enough sunlight in the winter. Athletic Greens is here for you. Take it first thing in the morning to help get your day started right. And no matter what, you know, lifestyle-friendly diet you might be on, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, Athletic Greens is there for you. And it's cheap. It costs less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than just getting a cold brew every morning. I know I love my caffeine, but Athletic Greens is that jumpstart I need. has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by personal athlete, professional athletes and local health experts. So, folks, right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop of water, one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look after your health. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We are back. It is Locked On Canadians Extra. We are going to wrap up this episode. It's already gone a little bit longer than we had potentially anticipated. So we're going to wrap it up with a few more of our mailbag questions. And don't worry if we didn't get to yours in this one. We have a second Lockdown Canadians extra coming later in this week. And Laura, what else? Story time. I'll, yes, I'll and we also have Laura's story time, which is way cooler than my story time because Laura didn't almost die in it. So unless you wanted me to die in my story, in which case then Tough. should we talk? Should we talk? Anyways, um, um, Laura, what else is in the mailbag? So uh, we have one from JS, uh, who has written in before with some really cool ideas. Hello to both of you. I was listening to the Tuesday episode, so this would be last week, and really liked when you brought up how Kent Hughes may have fleeced Chicago in terms of the whole deal to acquire Doc. I fully agree with that point of view, especially with how he's playing right now, and in regards to his massive upside and potential. It got my brain working too. So bear with me. In 2016, Mark Bergevin traded Thomas Fleischman and Dale Weish to the Chicago Blackhawks for Philippe Dano and a second round pick, which, Ale- which eventually became Alexander Romanov. Both players were well-loved during their time with Montreal. Now, there's no doubt that when Romy was traded away to the Isles in that deal that brought... Doc to Chicago, many Habs fans were upset. That is kind of true. People were upset to lose him. But I think in context now, it's a little bit different. But it's looking like the Habs brass have fleeced Chicago once again. And it somehow involved the very player that was the second round pick. Sorry, that was the second, yeah, second round pick that came over from the Bergevin deal. I thought that was a funny kind of six degrees of separation type scenario. I think that's really cool. I'm wondering if there's any other things that, um, that, that have worked out that way in the Canadians' favor. I feel like it's like a really cool cyclical... You know, like how Steve Dangle does those... Trade trees. trees? 
yeah, yeah, like this one's a pretty cool one. So thank you for writing in Jay. Like I thought that was really cool. My first thought is not quite as cyclical, but the Craig Reve trade that brought Josh Georges to Montreal also became the pick that became Max Pacioretty, which then became Thomas Tatar and Nick Suzuki and also Matthias Norlinder. Wow. Like that it's a very trade trees are fun. And that one is still obviously ongoing with everything going on. And there was one other one, Andrew Zadarnowski was talking about how it was all working out, but the Canadians do love trading with Chicago. Honestly, like Chicago I mean, loves giving up on young there. centers. Yeah. They <laughs> love giving up on centers that they didn't develop properly in the first place and didn't know what to do with. So um, Kirby Doc's going to be shutting down Mark Stone in the playoffs at some point in the future. So that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is very funny. And I think it it's a very stunning indictment of the Chicago Blackhawks organization that they somehow keep letting this happen. Like I get that you're rebuilding, but you don't need to trade Alex to and Kirby doc. You can trade one or the other trading. Both makes you very stupid. So uh, Laura, what else do we have? So this is another letter. So it's not a question as much as it is. It's another letter. And it's from Hunter V. And as we said, you know, we want to hear about your experiences, you know, how you became Habs fan, all that kind of stuff. Hi, Laura and Scott. So this one is a little bit earlier this month. I was on vacation. So um, hi, Laura and Scott. I just wanted to share my experience from the past week with you. A little background. I'm 19 years old and have been a Habs fan since I was a little kid. And my favorite player growing up would have to be Carey Price because I'm a goalie. God, I feel old right now. (laughs) Um, So this past week, I decided to take a trip to Montreal to watch the game against Vancouver. It's about a 9 to 10 hour drive from where I live. I went to La Cage on Tuesday night to watch the Montreal at Detroit game. Once we got seated at La Cage, Brendan Kelly from Montreal Gazette came over and asked me some questions about Suzuki and Caulfield. There's a video of it on the Gazette website. The next day, I got to see Montreal beat up on Vancouver, and it was a blast. The atmosphere in the arena was crazy, and everyone would cheer when Demko made a little save. All around, a great trip, and I can't wait to go back. I've been watching this podcast since the beginning of the summer. So, thank you for that story. Like, I really, like, this is the thing, is, like, this is a podcast for all you guys, and stuff like this is exactly what would go in a bonus episode. Like, share stuff with us. How did you become a Habs fan? Experiences. When you come to Montreal to see Habs game, we've had so many great letters like that. So we want to know about them. And so we've got, I know it's a bonus episode. It's going to be a little bit shorter than usual. Uh, so I'm going to ask a question from our friend Robert Rice, who asked this question in fairness a couple weeks ago, but we're just getting to it now. Yeah, uh, that's my bad. I had seen it in the DMs on the Locked on Canadians Twitter account. And then instead of doing the smart thing and writing it down for the mailbag episode, I forgot about it because I'm very good at what I do. Take the screenshots. This is why you always see me on my phone on the mailbag episode because I have screenshots of every question. <laughs> um, and that's how I, that's kind of how I keep track of the YouTube ones because you guys talk so much, which I love, which I love. But I just like, I have to screenshot it immediately. Otherwise, it gets lost. Uh, all right. This mailbag question from Robert, which is clearly geared towards Scott Batla. Who is secretly flying the nerd flag in the Habs locker room and definitely wants a teammate to ask them about what they think about Henry Cavill? leaving the witcher tv series one it's a it's a travesty that he's one admittedly he's going to play you know superman again in a dc movie which is a bajillion dollars worth of stuff two the lead writers for the witcher 
uh, TV series on Netflix have butchered it worse than Game of Thrones season eight. And no, I do not say that lightly. It's an absolute travesty what they have done to a phenomenal book series and characters that I love and adore. And three, it's Paul Byron. Paul Byron's the biggest nerd on this team. Like there, I could see it being Jeff Petrie because he admitted he liked gaming with the boys and everything like that. But it is a hundred percent Paul Byron because he's that level of nerd. He's Star Wars and all that other stuff. The Witcher is right up his his alleyway there because I do not think you could convince Brendan Gallagher to do the Whispering Hillock quest in The Witcher Three and understand the deeper meaning of everything that he had just done or a lot of members of this team, because they are very Gen Z in that regard. Not that Gen Z cannot enjoy The Witcher. I hope you do. It's a phenomenal game series. Go play it. Buy the Game of the Year edition. Blood and Wine will make you cry. It did for me. And that is my answer. It's Paul Byron. It's 100% got to be Paul Byron. Okay. I'm just going to take your word for it. Uh, Jeff Petrie's not on this team anymore, so it can't be Jeff Petrie. Well, that's what I'm saying. He got traded like, and I'm trying to think of who else would have like enjoyed the fantasy aspect of like the Witcher and everything. And it just feels like Paul Byron would absolutely be that guy. I feel like uh, Joel Edmondson might be into it. Like he's, he, you know who Joel Edmondson is? He's the jock who likes nerdy things. Secretly anyways, like I, I can see that actually. I can a hundred percent see that. So yeah, I, I will, I will accept that as well. And Folks, this is going to bring an end to our very special Lockdown Canadians Extra here. We do have more mailbag questions and Laura's story time coming up on our next episode. We will tell you when we are dropping that. And as always, if you want to tweet us mailbag questions and whatnot, at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. In the YouTube comments, just play nice. Everyone play nice. You can follow us at The Active Stick and at Scott Matla. Please make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and you ring the bell so you, you get notified whenever we drop a new episode. And folks, we will see you in the next extra. You have to end the episode.